On this episode of Let Us Digress, Marcus and I discuss all things travel. Remember when that was a thing? I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get back on a Delta flight so I can stuff my face with some Biscoff cookies and sip on some ginger ale poured over way too much ice. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Marcus, I take it you're uh, still stuck at home. Yeah, this chair has a uh, it's starting to get an indentation, so <laughs> probably going to have to replace it sooner than I thought. Yeah, I, too, am sitting in a chair with uh, very poor back support. Um, and I'm so ready to get back out on the road that it's driving me nuts. It's been nice to be at home, but there's something about traveling for work that in this weird way, I kind of miss. Um, and it just got me thinking about how much different travel is going to look like uh, for, you know, traveling professionals, for people on vacation. I mean, it's all going to change. And I know you traveled almost every week out of the year, just like I did. Um, I just thought it would be kind of cool to talk about the changes we expect to see in the travel industry and how that's going to affect not not only us as professionals, but us as, uh, you know, us and our families when, when we're trying to get out. Like, I don't know when we're going to be able to leave our homes um, and go have fun. <laughs> right? Well, we did leave recently. We, we did a hotel stay. Um, and that was it was different. Um, it was probably we did a bunch of things that I don't think I had done in a few months. Uh, one of them was like eat at a restaurant. Oh, look um, at you. so yeah, I didn't know how to like do this. So like I've walk in with my mask on and, um, whenever the, uh, it was a waitress. So whenever the waitress came up, I would put my mask on to talk to her. Sure. Um, and then let her walk away. Um, but like, it was weird to just be in there. There's people spread out and like, I should have been comfortable, but like, I don't know what the protocol is and nobody taught me. Um, right. So like that was different and just kind of interacting on the property itself was was weird. Yeah. Um. So like I, I think all of us are kind of learning what this is supposed to be like now and, you know, what it's going to look like when. We find our new normal. Um. So like I think it's worth a try, but um, I'm not ready to fly yet. No, no, me either. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. No, no, thanks. It's like a Petri dish in a tube shape like gross uh and i think that's exactly why we're seeing such an impact to the travel industry um i've been thumbing through headlines recently that suggest that approximately 100 million jobs in the travel sector are gone or will be gone um in the coming months um globally yeah uh, yes yes i believe that was a global figure um but, you know, you're, you're reading headlines about airlines. I mean, pa- passenger travel in the U.S. is down 95% compared to last year. Um, and that translates, and I, I'm talking like I, I know these numbers off the top of my head, but, you know, the, the market analysts suggest that that decrease in travel is tied to $300 billion in um, passenger revenues. Uh, this is also internationally. So it's just insane. Um, and I think when we are traveling again, um, I just don't know what that's going to look like. I would have to imagine it's going to be t- 
terribly expensive um, and just unpleasant. Well, I think there is, you know, depending on what happens, right? So like when the, when the pandemic started, there was this idea that the airlines could all be bankrupt, you know, within a matter of months. Um, they got some relief. They're still here. I don't know what they're doing because I haven't been near an airport, which is an interesting time in my life to like not know what ATL looks like. I imagine they'll be done with all the construction when I get back there and like I won't even know my way around. They damn well better be. (laughs) They have plenty of room to do it now. Just knock it out. Um, But I, I think, you know, there's they've been reducing the number of planes that they that they have. And there's also like all these planes we see this, you know, see these pictures of planes just kind of being parked. So there's an opportunity for a lot of the airlines to kind of up their game. So like if they're getting new new plane inventory in and like if they're still honoring those orders, you can change the in-flight experience. Um, I think people there was one piece I saw about like JetBlue, uh, one of my favorite airlines. They fly some of the crappiest planes in their fleet out of Atlanta. But I enjoy the experience of flying with them because like one, they've got the most leg room in of anybody in yeah. coach like it feels yeah. like a first class seat on delta um you know if it had a little more cushion <laughs> but they put in these snack caddies so like they do unlimited snacks on their um on their flights and now it's just like get up and go get it and come back well if there's only 20 people on the plane like that's a little bit of a walk but like there's nobody standing that there's not a line there for me to go get it that's that's right. a decent experience and that's a thing that like the flight attendants don't have to do if you can figure out a way to do that um, when the planes get closer to capacity. Um, you know, you talked about the plane being a Petri dish, but I honestly think this might be, or at least a couple of months ago, it was probably the cleanest time to fly a plane because, like, they were actually cleaning the tray tables, and, like, we all know they don't clean the tray tables. Oh, no. Um, like, people were walking through with, like, the electrostatic spray guns that, I don't know, the electrified water, I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> but they were, you know, every every surface was being cleaned in the plane, I hope that sticks. Um, yeah. But I think there's been a little bit of pullback on some of those some of those procedures, um, at least, you know, the one about like not blocking middle seats. Um, I, you know, that one American has backed off pretty quickly, but they were in the worst financial position. So um, right. but I think if we can keep some of those things that are like helpful, particularly on planes, like that would be good. I think there's a lot of things we're doing that are like hygiene theater. Right. Um, but that's one that I think we should actually do. Like every surface on a plane should get cleaned after a flight. I love that term. I have hygiene seen theater. some things. Yeah. Oh, we should, we should dig into that for sure. But I think the other thing, uh, I hope sticks and as an aviation nerd, um, I just love, you know, airplanes and flying on as many different types of airplanes as I can. And, you know, all the different types even have different variants and, you know, I'm the guy that does read the uh, safe, the information card in the seat back pocket, right? That just outlines all this crap that no one else needs to, to know. But I think one, I'll get to my point. <laughs> I think one of the things that I hope that sticks is given the downturn in demand, airlines are forced to shed off the older airplanes in their fleets, um, you know, in preparation, hopefully for the rebound. And, you know, uh, backfilling those planes with newer models, newer, more fuel efficient uh, and hopefully cleaner uh, planes. But um, this is com- it's kind of a sad day because planes like the the 747, you know, such an iconic 
aircraft, um, I mean, they're not going to, they're not flying anymore. And there's no need to fly such a large aircraft anymore when you've got, you know, the 787 and the Airbus A350, just to name a couple um, out there doing the same job uh, for cheaper um, when, you know, when they do fly. So, I mean, this in and of itself is impacting jobs. Uh, my uncle, uh, who happens to work for Delta in the um, jet operations, um, he manages all of the engine rebuilds on the MD-88 uh, and the MD-90. And, you know, Delta is probably going to get rid of those uh, and start expediting the retirement of those airplanes, too. So, you know, this is all having such a trickle down effect or knock on effect to jobs even you know, and, and outside of, you know, what you would typically think. Um, but we should be, I mean, the average age of a commercial airliner is like 30 years old, which is much older than a lot of people realize. So I think when air travel does rebound, uh, we should see newer, newer planes in the fleet, which could be kind of cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of the regional jets go away, um, yeah. in Delta's fleet. So, um, there was, I think it's the, it's now branded the Airbus uh, A200. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing that one fly. Um, it's one that I, I know I should be able to stand up in and maybe you will be able to stand without having to crouch a little too much. That's right. Um, but I, I read a review of someone who flew the plane and like I had never seen anybody write a love letter to anything that was inanimate. <laughs> and the review read just like one. And I was like, I want to get on this plane. This was a passenger that wrote. Yeah, this this was a passenger that wrote like just their experience on the plane and all the things that they liked about it. So it's it's got bigger windows. Um, Mm. It's not nearly as loud. And I didn't appreciate just how loud the regional jets were until like I had not flown in one for a very long time. Yeah. And I think everybody that has to fly a regional jet should have noise canceling headphones. Like I think they should hand them to you at the door. Um, and I think they should give them to the flight attendants that have to fly there on a regular basis because I honestly don't know how they can hear anything in their real lives. Right. Um, but like that one and the MD-88, the, the the entire McDonnell Douglas series, like they're just the loudest planes that you can possibly fly on. For sure. And the 88 used to be the one where I would always find that person that wanted to sit next to me and talk for the entire two hour flight. And I didn't understand why I was out of breath or like my voice was weak when we got where we were going, even though I didn't want to talk. <laughs> Um, cause I was yelling the whole time. Um, so like I, I'm looking forward to some of those improvements for as much as I do prefer air travel. I would have to think that when people are venturing, certainly outside of their homes, I mean, you mentioned that's already happening of course, but like beyond maybe their state or even the region that they live in, in the country, I'll be anxious to see if people turn to, uh, you know, to turn to favor road trips or even turn to rail. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think rail is going to make a big comeback? So I like the idea of taking a train somewhere. And at least four times a year, I go and try and price fare from Atlanta to somewhere. And like, there's really only a few options. You can go from Atlanta north up to, I think about New York uh, before you have to get off and you can go as far south as New Orleans. New Orleans is always a trip I think I want to take. Then I go price it and it costs almost the same thing as it does fly. Um, And the trip takes almost 24 hours. Oh my God. I could drive it faster. Right. um, But I don't want to. So I, 
I think if people have the luxury of taking a slower trip, it's probably something they will will cotton on to. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple times this year now, Amtrak has actually run this thing where you can uh, get the roomette. So it's a private room. Think um, for those of you that have seen the Harry Potter series, like the train on Hogwarts where the kids are sitting, you get something like that that falls wow. down into a bed. So it's like the old time train thing. Um, you can get something like that. And it was uh, buy one, get one free. So let's say it costs 300 bucks to, to take the rails from here to somewhere um, where the line runs. Whoever's coming with you costs the same price. That usually is you just pay. It would be a $600 fee. And at that point, it is cheaper to fly. It almost always is. Um, Southwest is always running some kind of fair, fair sale. Yeah. It's like taking the rails just doesn't work. Um, if there is like a further build out of rail travel, um, particularly like I'm from Alabama, so are you. Like there used to be a train that ran from Birmingham to Mobile. Mm. Alabama's been talking about bringing that line back for a decade. That would be a great, great rail trip. And it's like an easy one. Right. Um, and I think that one would actually improve for um, for folks from Atlanta, too, if they wanted to go down to the beach because um, you'd hit the same hit the same transfer point. Yeah. Other than that, I think people are going to stay in their cars. Like, yeah. It's just easier. And you've got but, transportation when you get there. That's that's also very true. And I think um, I mean, people are quick to fly just due to the convenience and the speed. But, you know, I think the car uh, like the road trip has uh, a lot of benefits and um, I think people are going to, I think people might begin making the journey itself uh, a more entertaining component of say a vacation, right? If you've got a week and it's going to take you a full day to drive there, you're going to make that drive fun. I mean, there's ways, ways to do that. Um my wife and I have very different kind of mindsets when it comes to road trips and how to treat meal stops. Um, but we don't have to get into that. I, I was raised, uh, you, you know, you make it halfway and then you stop at a restaurant and you sit down, you get out of the car and you go in and you sit down and you have a meal in the, you know, it's just a part of the trip. Really? Yeah. Whereas the wife, um, they would find a drive through, you know, they would try to make as much progress as possible. No stops if they can if they can stand it uh, and then find a subway or something, pop in, eat in the car, keep going. It was all about getting to the destination. Um, and in the Patterson household, it was, you know, stopping at Cracker Barrel or somewhere like that. And even if there was an hour long wait, just waiting on our table like that was not unusual for us. Oh, that sounds like torture. Um, so our, my experience as a kid was actually different. We always did our road trips almost at night. So, um, we would leave. So I, I spent, I don't know how many summers going to Chicago and, um, and Detroit to, um, to visit my grandmother and my aunt. Um, but every time we would leave, we would leave at like 10 o'clock at night and get there in the morning. So like we do most of the trip. I would sleep. My mom was like, she was a night driver. Okay. Um, I don't know that she would do that anymore. Like she prefers to drive in the daytime now. Sure. Um, but like, I don't like driving during the day. It's like just dealing with the sun shooting it. Like you get yeah. tired from just fighting that. And that yep. was usually the logic. 
but we didn't stop for much of anything. Like we would always have like a cooler packed in the car mm-hmm. and like we'd stop for gas, grab your snacks there. And like, mm-hmm. I know all of the best gas station candy. Um, <laughs> That's an episode um, in and of itself right there. Yeah. Even now, like I like everybody knows, like, you know, when you're looking at a good gummy bear or not, right? Um, I do you. I don't know. <laughs> hair bows are the way to go. OK, we Take need to notes. talk to them about a sponsorship. Mm. I need to make back some of the money I spent just at quick trips in the last six months. That's right. Um, but like if we would we would do it that way. And then like you get the full like the next day I would get a full visit um, and my mom would get a nap and then like we, you know, hang around. But uh, that was kind of how we did it. But it was always an efficient trip um, with my dad. It was. He wasn't the best driver. And like he would say this, like he only kept the car between the ditches. Um, So like he would stop like we would stop. Multiple times, sometimes when like he he would eat his way to a destination is typically what would happen. Um, And there are days where I'm that guy, too. Like if I'm tired, like I need some there needs to be snacks in the car and I'm reaching for all of them. Right. When we run out of snacks, I'm going to stop again. And like now cars go a little farther so I don't have to get gas. So there's no real excuse when I stop. (laughs) That's right. It's yeah. Like, what what are we thing. doing? Um, but like that, I we never I can't ever remember stopping and like sitting down in a restaurant to like mm. have a leisurely meal. Like we gotta get somewhere. We don't have, yeah. we don't have that kind of time. Interesting. Well, so let's talk about the destination for a bit. So like getting there by rail, you know, air, car, like bus. Um I think all of those modes are gonna stick around as yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who chooses what and uh, what does well kind of in the next normal. But let's talk about the destination, like hotels, like that's got to look in my mind, very different. The next time I, it sounds like you, did you mention you stayed at a hotel recently? Yeah, I haven't so been in a hotel in ages. This was, it was one night at a, at a Marriott property and like all of the hotel hotel brands have gone to like you wear a mask in the facility. Um, you get greeted with signs telling you mm-hmm. like you thou shalt wear a mask. Um, <laughs> what I didn't see and I saw in some public places is like with the elevators, they didn't tell you to limit like how many people are in. Uh, right. I mean, it's fine to assume common sense. And I imagine like the hotels aren't full, so it's not as big a deal. Um, but you wear a mask. Um, I noticed when we went, we had to actually stop at the desk for, um, for Marriott. And my understanding is that some of the other properties aren't doing this. Um, Mm. I think Hilton, like if you can get a digital key, like you just get the digital key and walk by, but I actually had to walk up, sign a registration card using a pen that was handed to me. Um, (laughs) like an animal, um, And, you know, and then I like had my keys made and we went up and like I never went back, went up again. What was interesting to me, though, is like we actually use room service. Okay. And when I called room service, you know, they usually bring it up, they set it up and like I open the door and I do what I normally do. Hey, come on in. Just put it over here on the table. And the lady just stood at the door and handed me the receipt to sign. And then I realized that she was handing me a bag that was full of takeout boxes. Hmm. I don't know if you've spent money on room service for like two to three people in the past, but like, it's not cheap. No, it breaks the bank. And that particular experience didn't sit well with me yeah. because like it was already 
steamed when it walked up. So like, you know, any fries in there were no longer good. Um, so like it was it was fine. But like what didn't really sit well with me is like I had to call earlier because like we didn't have hot water in the shower. So like the maintenance guy comes up, he's masked up, he comes in. I get out of his way, let him go do his job. But like he could come in. Why couldn't the room service person come in if I just got out of their way and you could have still given me the dishes? Because what's supposed to happen in the kitchen is that you sanitize these dishes after you wash them. Mm -hmm. So why do I need plastic utensils? Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is what I mean when I talk about hygiene theater. Yes. It's Um, it's a guise for cost reduction, I would think. Same thing happened when we were... When we were at um, at the restaurant, we got most not the restaurant at the property, but we went to a restaurant across the street from the uh, hotel. They get did the whole thing about plastic forks wrapped in, you know, the disposable napkin. Yeah. Um, there's a sticker on the table telling me that it had been sanitized. Well, wasn't it being sanitized before? <laughs> right. Like that liquid that's always on the table that you just leave there. And that the reason yeah. it stays there to dry is because it was supposed to sanitize the table. It is interesting that we're only now questioning whether this has been the protocol all along. Like, I I mean, I've sat with plenty of people who like work in these places. Like yeah. when dishes get washed at the restaurant, like they go through like three different three mm-hmm. different pans. So like what just changed Great. or are you just telling me about it? Yes. So like I. It was it felt as normal as it could. You know, like you were just wearing a mask and uh, there were like these few things that were different. The rest of it was like basically the same. Um, I went and looked to see what Hilton was doing that might be different. And they've got some excellent marketing people. Um, Lysol is getting all kinds of advertising dollars out of them. Really? Um, so they have this, uh, whether they name it, they named their protocol. They called it the Hilton Clean Stay. Um, so they do everything. Um, they do one thing that's really interesting. So they don't send if you're doing a multi-day stay. You don't get housekeeping unless you ask for it. Oh, that's complete malarkey. This is a lot like when Southwest started having people print their boarding passes at home. Yep. There's a lot in it for the hotel. There's not as much in it for me. Right. Because um, like the whole point of staying at a hotel is you don't have to make a bed. Yeah. I want somebody to do that. Um, I don't care if you bring new towels, just straighten out the bed. Um, Yep. Yep. So they, they do that. They sanitize the remote and they wrap it with a sticker, Mm. um, that says it was sanitized and has the Lysol logo on it. Oh yeah. Talk about product placement. Good grief. Wait, it gets better. (laughs) So they wash the whole room. Like they clean the whole room, sanitize all the surfaces. And like they, they do tend to do a deeper cleaning than I know they do on a regular basis, like they're wiping down every surface that you were likely to touch the phone, Mm -hmm. the door handles, all that stuff. Like that's not stuff that usually gets clean. Um, I worked in a hotel for a while. So like, I I know what happens when they're upstairs, you know, things. Um, but once they're done cleaning the room, they have another sticker that they put on the door when they close it. It's basically like the room is sealed to let you know that no one else came in that room. Guess what? That one has a Lysol logo on it, too. Oh. Anybody that's interested in looking at this, like just Google Hilton Clean Stay. They've got a whole web page for this and you can see what they do. Um, but it's like the I don't know if anybody else had this experience, but I've heard of this happening on um, on like trips. When you take kids out, like they'll put the tape on the door to yep. try and keep them from being able to see if they came out. Oh, yeah. So the chaperone doesn't have to sit up all night. That's right. So that 
somebody figured out that this is a thing that adults need to see to say that the room is actually clean. That's just absolutely insane. How long does that stay? All right, look. So what you're describing, this is a great segue because I wanted to bring up like Airbnb type properties. Um, These protocols, these like visible cues or reminders that the room was sanitized and cleaned and all of this could actually help me on an upcoming vacation because I'm going to Hilton Head uh, with my in-laws and who are treating obviously the COVID situation very, very seriously as they should be um, like very seriously, but they still want to go on this trip and, and we want them to go as well. They made the Airbnb arrangements, but now they're beginning, like you can see the gears turning in their heads, like, wait, we know these rooms are cleaned. This isn't necessarily part of a hotel hotel chain. We don't know who's cleaning these rooms. Do we trust it? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, would you stay at an Airbnb? Do you think the, those places are getting cleaned more, like better or worse than a so hotel chain? One of the things that the Airbnb chains, Airbnb properties have been doing is they've been putting gaps in between their stays. Oh, um, yeah. This was part of the, I think, part of their COVID response. Um, and typically those properties have like professional housekeepers that come after the fact anyway. Um, I'm willing to trust it. I don't know that like, I, what's the functional difference between me trusting that housekeeping did their job at the hotel yep. and somebody did their job at the Airbnb before I showed up? Like right. I'm equally as likely to run into something that wasn't done to my satisfaction, right? Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think the thing that probably is more important is if you're seeing a gap between your stay and somebody else's, like if they're not overlapping on the same day. Yeah. There's at least an opportunity for the virus, like any any pathogens out there to die before you arrive. I really like that approach that I mean, that would uh, only be a detriment right to uh, revenue. But if you can demonstrate that you've created some buffer between the reservations. I didn't know that that was a thing that they were claiming to do, but to me, it's that coupled with maybe some of these visual cues that would put my father-in-law specifically at ease going into this vacation coming up. Does he Um, listen to this podcast? Cause what I say next depends on that answer. uh, No, he's not a listener. All right. So here's what you do. Okay. Um, You need to get the details. Just if you could hit pause and maybe just go do something else. Yeah, this this should take about 30 seconds. Um, so you want to reach out to the property owner mm. and you want to get some of these logos and stuff that you see on the clean on the clean stay site. Yes. And you send a few of these stickers for them to just put around the property and just right. tell them where you want to strategically place. Yeah, on and then you're pillow. good. Yeah. I like not this. on the pillow. You want them to be on the table. Okay. Uh, one that you should probably get a hang tag for the door saying that that was that was yep. sanitized. Just put it on the front door. Right. Um, And then make sure that there's something in the bathroom, Mm. probably sitting like right on top of the toilet, just saying, sure. And indicate that they cleaned it, even though like, you know, it should be. Yep. 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 You're good to go. I like it. This, this could work. Uh, This could work. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's talking about going into, it's the last thing I'll say about it, but going into the property and the like step one upon arrival is opening all of the windows. You know, I guess that makes some sense. Get some air circulating, but I don't just know. buy a can of Lysol. <laughs> yeah, 
two should do it depending it's on how big the take, house is. It's going to take, yeah, yeah, take a lot. Yeah, buy three. It's going to take a lot. Three cans should do it. Spray all the surfaces and then leave. You'll need it. the windows to be open for that. So maybe he was on the right on the right track. We are apparently this will be the last thing I say. We are going to drive separately. That makes some good sense. So we're going to have two road trips, independent road trips. Fine. Great. Um, but to avoid going to the grocery store when we're down there, apparently the approach is we're going to pack all of the food we're going to need for the entire week, despite there being a Publix right down the street. I That I don't understand, right? To me, if you're going to, if you're grocery shopping here, grocery shopping there shouldn't be any more dangerous if you're following the same protocols. Um, so struggling to wrap my head around that one. But so I'm we do a trip annually with um like my entire friend group so it's like i think it's nine or ten adults and four kids Mm. we struggle to find a house first that can sleep all of us um comfortably you say sorry this this is a friend group you have yeah okay (laughs) that's very bizarre these are the people I know from college. I met you post-college. So these are like okay, my college well. and elementary school friends. Like these are the people who have known me the longest. Yeah, but man, we went to different schools together. Like I, there's still a bond. Okay. <laughs> so All right, we'll add you. And then like the the price will go up exponentially at that point yeah. um, when we bring your family. But I, so I said all this <sighs> to say, um, we decided to cancel the trip this year just because, you know, kids become the infection vector when school mm. starts. But what we agreed to do this year was rather than go grocery shopping, because there's always a trip that we make or we get everybody to bring things and bring it all together. We were just going to like do a Walmart pickup. So like yeah. everybody just throw the money in instead of us having to go like shop and like piece it together that way. Um, do a pickup or with Publix, like you can just do Instacart. Like it's going to cost more if you do it that way. But when is there not a Walmart in America? And like they've been expanding this uh expanding the uh, pickups to like most of the places. So like you can just pick the groceries up on your way in. That's perfect. um, As long as like you plan your trip to hit the window. So maybe they don't get to stop and leisurely have a meal at the Howard Johnson's like you used to. Um. (laughs) I said Cracker Barrel. There is a difference in my opinion. There's a difference. Yeah. One of them's still around. Um, That's fair. Super classy joint. But you could do that and like just have room for it, bring it, and then you don't have to go back out. And you also didn't have to go in the store. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, You're a man of many good ideas, sir. For us, it was going to save at least two hours because there's right. like always a long trip for going. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's that's a way to approach it. Or you can even get the host at some some hosts actually offer to do the grocery shopping for you. Yeah, that's true. So you can reach out and just have them do it. And then the, the fridge is stocked when you arrive, too. So, yeah things to think about i got a question about road trips though since i threw a little shade when you do a road trip now are you are you taking the interstates or do you typically like try to find that u.s highway that takes you through the city so like you actually have a scenic trip oh no we stick to the interstates um we we are a ways family right so step i like we have ways running before we're even backed out of the driveway and we will follow if Waze happens to take us on a detour for whatever reason, we're trusting it and we'll go see that scenic uh, detour. But otherwise, we're not seeking it out. OK, 
one of the best trips I had was a friend of mine and I, we went out, this was like six or seven years ago. Like I had a week and a half where I didn't have to work. So I like took the time off and I told him, cause like he, he's in education. So like he was out anyway. I was like, look, just be at my house on day X. We're going to get in the car <laughs> and we're going to go. So like, wow. I was like, we're going to go to Charlotte. Um, we figured we go to Myrtle beach for a couple of days and we were going to go to Charleston. Um, it was so much fun. Cause like it was, we didn't have to be anywhere. Like, yeah. like we had places to stay lined up, but like if we didn't show up, we just didn't show up and like would have been fine. Um, but the drive from, I think Myrtle beach to Charleston was like all back roads. Yep. Um, and that one was kind of fun, except for the fact that I was worried I was going to find a place where I didn't have cell service. So I wasn't going right. to have navigation. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but like it was it was one of the most leisurely trips. And I saw a lot of things that I wouldn't have otherwise seen. Yeah. So like I, I think like if the great American road trip is going to come back, it should come back in that fashion mm. for like folks that have like the extra time to like enjoy a vacation. The interstate's no good for that because you're just going yep. in or around a city and you're never right. seeing anything about it. You right. can experience the character of a bunch of places um, on your way and and when you arrive, right? I mean, you're giving me an idea uh, that we should pass along to the product development group at, um, at I guess, Google. Uh, you should be able, in your, in your GPS, you should be able to open the app and maybe indicate your tolerance for detours, like scenic detours. Like I'm willing to go out of my way by an hour or two hours uh, if you can route me through something worth seeing. And I don't know how you, you come up with those those places to see, but it could be interesting. Help kind of load balance uh, traffic too, right? Like get one more car off the interstate, that'd be fine. So a couple of Christmases ago, my wife got me a book. Um, called, it was basically the Atlas Obscura travel guide. So Atlas, yeah, Atlas, Atlas Obscura is a website, but they've got like destinations in the U S and Canada. I think they had some around the world in this book too. But what you could do is if there were a thing that you were interested in, that was like in the general direction that you're traveling, you can put them all in cause you can do multi-stops in ways in a way that you can't do them well in Apple maps. I oh, love okay. Apple maps. It is not perfect, but it will get me yeah. where I need to go. I need to um, revisit that. But you could put those in and you could that would pull you off to a thing that you wanted to go see. Yeah. Um, the other thing is you can just tell it not to prefer highways and just see the difference. True. Sometimes that difference is like. One and a half times the trip. Right. So like that's when you have to figure out your personal tolerance. But yeah, yeah um, exactly. It would be cool if there was just a website that would just kind of help you plan plan a road trip like that. Yeah. Um, AAA would do it for you when they used to do those paper maps. I don't know if that's still a thing they do. I feel like MapQuest. When's the last time you used something like MapQuest? I think you can go to MapQuest.com and yeah, I think it's no still way. out there. You hold can you on. remember? Like I remember uh, going to MapQuest on behalf of my parents. Like they weren't the computer users at the time ahead of our road trips and printing out the directions the turn by turn. Um, and a map of every turn, right? Like remember the thumbnails it would print like, okay, you're going to turn left here. That's what this left looks like. That used to scare me. Um, so when I worked at a hotel, uh, people would show up with the map quest directions and they would be asking me about where to go. I'll be damned. Map quest is still a thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
they would show up with these directions trying to get from the hotel to like some place um, in Tuscaloosa. And I was like, I, I know where it is. I can write you the directions on how to get right. there. But like this, like I, I'm not, I don't do orienteering and I don't understand these directions. Uh. Um, <laughs> like we used to be so much better at getting places too, because like you yeah. had to rely on that piece of paper and you had to yeah. figure out how to navigate back to the place where you made the mistake. Yep. Since nothing was going to tell you now, you just if you miss the turn, you know what? It'll figure it out. I mean, like they still print road atlases, right? I mean, we used to have one of those in the like the seat pocket right in our car growing up. Like I haven't seen one of those in ages. I had one when I first moved to Atlanta and then I figured out that like I don't go straight terribly far from the perimeter. So I knew like I could never get lost in the city if I just found my way to 285. Um, well, if you can find your way back to Peachtree Street, you're good to go. That's not how that works. That's not <laughs> at all how that works. That yeah. is terrible advice for anybody that's listening outside of Atlanta. Don't yeah. do not do that. Because if you get turned around, you got to drive back to South Carolina and turn around and reattend. <laughs> that's how that works. But no, I, I, I will drive now. Like I even drive around town now with just like the GPS going just in case I decide I need to like get somewhere. But like, I just like to map out the routes Um, once in a while. Like I'll drive with the intention of getting lost. Um, And that's, that's sometimes fun Um, just to see, you know, another part of the city. All right. So you mentioned buses earlier. Um, I remember seeing something about Greyhound trying to sell itself or perhaps being for sale earlier this year. I missed that. Uh, If it's not Greyhound, like what are people riding? I remember it's not hearing a Greyhound about the bus. Yeah, so there's like the Megabus uh, and Greyhound are like the two brands I know about. Yeah. And I think I read about like some experimental brands out west that were like trying to do these long haul trips where like you could sleep in a pod. Mm. Um like for like I think it was like a six or eight hour ride. So like these luxury buses. Okay. Um I can see people wanting to do things like this, but like, I don't know that people who have actually ridden a bus for travel in the past are going to sign up to willingly ride the bus in the future um, because it's not a pleasant experience. No, I have never ridden a bus. I've never paid to ride a, have I? I might have to take that back. I, I rode a lot of charter buses in college uh, with the, the marching band. But were those even charters? Like, I feel like the school owned those. They were actually, I, I believe they were chartered. Yeah. Like with every the police weekend. escort. I, I, yeah, that was awesome. Quick aside on that <laughs> digression, if you will. Uh, if you have never ridden on a charter bus with a police escort in your life, um, I highly recommend it because <laughs> it makes you feel important, even when you're just a trombone player in the million dollar band. I aspire to have a motorcade. That's right. That's right. But just zipping through intersections and like, yeah, it was fantastic. Cool. I so I think there is a segment of people who like the bus will work for. Um. Maybe I would consider it like with my family, but like, what would the experience have to be like? Like, I right. I want I want some internet. Like, I yeah. I mean, I have terrestrial internet on my phone, but like, I'm gonna want something. Like, what's the amenity that makes a bus trip like attractive? Bourbon where... bar, a full bourbon bar. Who? 
right? You got me. Yeah. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe that's it. Like just having like some refreshments or something like available on the plane, on the, on the plane, on the bus. bus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like I could take, I could take a day trip if it was something that was a little, little more interesting. Like maybe it's a trip with like some built-in stops that are going through some of these places. Right. Maybe there's an opportunity there. Um, yeah. To me, I mean, I, I just don't see what it offers. I guess <laughs> what it offers over rail is that a bus can go anywhere there's a road. I mean, that goes without saying. But the the rail, like you don't have traffic on, on a rail line. Um, but I suppose you're constrained to, again, where the railway is going to take you. And that might not be the quickest quickest route. But I see them being comparable, which is why I'm bringing them up, right? Like if you're going to offer refreshments on a bus, you could easily get those refreshments on a train and have internet on a train. Um, and you're still going to have to drive to a train or bus station, you know? So it might not be Hartsfield here in Atlanta uh, in terms of inconvenience, but it's still going to be kind of a yet another step or kind of friction in the experience. I don't know. Well, I guess that's what we're stuck with until we get these autonomous planes from Uber. I cannot wait. get to fly. I cannot wait to fly myself in a car on a vacation. That'll be the day. Are you flying yourself or is the computer doing it? I feel like I would be flying, but it would be a computer doing it. Yeah. Making me look good. This is another thing that like you will do before I will like going to Mars. No. <laughs> If they sold a flying car and I could afford it, I mean, that's a whole different topic. Uh, I would totally buy one and I would use it on the regular. Dude, I would you get could get a sport it. plane now. Yeah. I, I mean, again, if I had the money, I totally would buy a sport plane now and I would fly it regularly. Once okay. I up my life insurance. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to send you some pricing on some of these sport planes. They don't cost oh, okay. much more than cars. And then you and Michelle can have a conversation about, uh, well, what you're willing to give up for it. So I, I think in what we're going to do uh, is collapse our dreams together. My dream for an airplane, her dream for a boat and just buy an amphibious airplane because they make amphibious sport uh, airplanes. And they're not, I mean, they're not cheap either, but um, and then hey. they're one seaters, too. So I'm not really sure how she gets to share. Oh, dream. no, there's two. There's two. So I could take her, but not the kids, which is another beautiful thing about it is you couldn't take the kids. So think of the quiet that you would be able to experience. <laughs> but yeah, you could literally take off from some small regional airport anywhere and fly to the lake and enjoy the lake in your boat slash plane. Like, come on. That is awesome. All right. I'm looking forward to hearing about this stream. We'll put this one on your Christmas list. Okay. That list is getting long.